1: What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and we're doing this weekly recap. Happy Easter, happy Passover, happy Ramadan. Everybody that's celebrating out there, what a week we had. So many different surprises. Obviously, you've heard about the New York subway shooting that happened on Monday, and the surprise there, the FBI knew about this guy. We're going to jump into that in a minute. We also lost Gilbert Gottfried, uh, he was a great comedian. He was. I remember he once did a clip uh, with um, one of the nighttime shows, and it was really funny. I'm going to play that in a little bit. Uh, but it w- it's so interesting to hear what this shooter had to say and to hear what, what happened with so many different things. But we're going to be covering a bunch of stuff today. So I want to just tease a little bit about this transsexual doctor. After the bottom of the hour, we're going to hear what she had to say because apparently she says, It's gone too far. Uh, meaning pushing transgenderism on children. So we're going to get to the bottom of that. Plus there's uh, 20 different uh, shootings that have occurred over the last uh, day and a half or so in Philadelphia. So we're going to look into that. Plus some uh, sentencing for corrupt politicians all across the spectrum from New York to Philly, all over the place. We're going to talk about that. And I want to jump right in. So the shooter, Fred James, I believe that's his name, Fred James. He, um, was on YouTube, and you've heard this stuff, but just for context, I want to play again a little bit of what he had to say with respect to color differences and racism.
2: I tell an American Negro this, I keep telling you the same thing. White people and black people, as we call ourselves, should not have any contact with each other. You still refuse to understand this. You want to make up some f- story about some Jesus and the Bible said dumb, they don't see it that way. They hate your f- guts. And why do they hate your guts? Because they know that your rightful place is as a slave in this country. They know that. You're the only one that doesn't realize that. And now you want to be equal to them by force. They didn't choose to elect. They didn't elect to make you an equal. You had to force them to make you an equal.
1: Obviously, he's very deluded. The guy's not well, right? I mean, he's uh, demented, I should say. But this is how a lot of people think. This is how a lot of people feel. Maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but there's a considerable amount of people out there that believe in this stuff, and he's one of them. So he goes on this crazy rampage. We know what he's done. He shoots these people on the subway, and then the New York City mayor responds. And what I find interesting is that Mayor Adams, who's never met a gun that he didn't want to blame on the gun manufacturer, and he's calling for a national response and all of this craziness, he always wants to blame it on somebody else. This time, I think he calls it the right way. Listen to this.
3: As the NYPD was searching for the suspect in the subway shooting yesterday, there were more than a dozen shootings in the city last night, and not to mention the shootings that we've seen recently of young Innocent people, some older as well, being shot on the streets of New York. How do you get a handle on this crime in this city, Mr. Mayor?
2: By being consistent with our message. Uh, Here's my question that I put out to the city. Hey, I thought Black Lives Matter. Where are all those who stated Black Lives Matter? Then go do an analysis of who was killed or shot last night. I was up all night speaking to my commanders in the Bronx, in Brooklyn. The victims were black. Many of the shooters were black. So I asked a question that was asking me when I was a child. It's 10 a.m., 10 p.m., do you know where your children are? Why are 16, 17, and 18-year-olds out in our streets armed with guns 12, 1 o'clock at night? When are we going to start asking these serious questions? If Black Lives Matters, then the thousands of people I saw on the street when Floyd was murdered should be on the street right now, say, stating that the lives of these black children that
1: are dying every night matters. We can't I, be hypocritical. You can't be hypocritical, and that's the bottom line. Now, speaking of Black Lives Matter. They recently, about a week ago, the founder, Patrice Cullors, she was doing an interview and she says, you know what? I didn't even know what a 990 was. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, Rich, I don't even know what a 990 is. That's okay. You don't run a $60 million nonprofit like she did. When you run a nonprofit, you need to know what a 990 is. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. But I want to stay on this topic of of shootings because this isn't just uh, happening in New York. It's happening in Philadelphia. As of Friday morning. Friday afternoon, you got 20 people shot, three killed during the last 24 hours. So from Thursday to Friday, this is crazy. The gunfire rang out across the city. This is according to NBC Philadelphia. Shootings included a double homicide in Southwest Philly and another killing on the 400 block of Manton Street. Terrible, absolutely terrible. After the double shooting, there was also a triple shooting on the 400 block of Wallace Street in Northern Liberty's neighborhood. My goodness, all young people too. And a few minutes later, On the 1700 block of North 31st Street in the Strawberry Mansion section, a 28-year-old man, two wounds, one to the back, one to the arm, and a 65-year-old man with two wounds to the thigh and one to the foot. We got to stop blaming gun manufacturers and stop looking for a national response and look for a local response. There's an old saying, an armed society is a polite society. We don't see these problems in places where people have guns because guess what? When you're the subway shooter or these guys running around like cowboys in Philly, you don't go out thinking, well, guess what? I'm the only guy with a gun. I'm the bad guy with a gun. You don't think that because you know that everybody else has a gun. Some woman might pull one out of her purse, some young person, some older gentleman, whomever. So you stay in your lane. An armed society is a polite society. Again, I mentioned earlier about Gilbert Gottfried uh, and his passing. He had his funeral in uh, New York on Friday. And I just want to play this clip of him uh, discussing what it was like to be on President Trump's TV program, The Celebrity Apprentice. Listen to this. Important than ever, you were on Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump. Donald Trump fired you. Yes. And what was it like to be fired by Donald Trump? See, see this is the problem How, the way they edit these shows. He, he fires me like very angrily, but they don't show afterwards when he invited me into his office and we lied on the couch and cuddled for an hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was totally on the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, he was a great comedian. Uh, God rest his soul. And those that have lost their lives to the senseless shootings that are going on in New York City and Philadelphia and all across America, and in part because of way too much gun control keeping guns out of the hands of the law-abiding citizens that just want to be safe. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. We're going to talk about how a trans doctor says it's gone too far. Plus, what's the connection between China and the cartels? We're going to get to that. And a bunch of other stuff on the culture wars with the wokeness. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America.
0: As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash assessment
2: This is America.
0: He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez.
1: All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And uh, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, get at me there, give me a follow, and let's stay in touch. Of course, subscribe to the podcast. If you're not listening to this live, you can always listen to the podcast uh, anytime you like. It's on demand, odyssey.com, iHeartRadio.com, anywhere you get your podcast, you can check out the show. And I want to talk about that um, audio that I mentioned earlier from the Black Lives Matter crew, Um, Patrice Cullors, one of the co-founders. It's it's just bizarre to me. But again, you let me know what you think. But he, here's the headline on this: she um, she feels triggered. BLM co-founder Patrice Culler says that she's triggered when she hears about charity transparency laws. They they make her feel unsafe. Listen to this.
3: First of all, number one, I actually did not know what nine nineties were before all of this happened. It's confusing. Uh, so. Part of the opportunity here is to educate yes. our folks like something's being weaponized against us that many people don't even know and honestly don't care about. I didn't know about them until so they started asking us for them for COVID <laughs> relief. funds. I said, you need my 990. You had yes. to call the accountant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the accountant handled that. Like, I, I don't know what that is. Um it, it is such a trip now to hear the word, the the, the, the term 990s. I'm like, Ugh, it's like
1: triggering. Um, April 15th is next week. Yo. Okay, so let's let's take this from the top here. This woman is one of three founders of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, which is currently under scrutiny. I'm looking at a piece in the New York Post. It says that they first came under scrutiny over the purchase of a Los Angeles mansion, That was $5.8 million. That's the one that co-founder Patrice Cullors um, bought with uh, somebody else. And uh, now she's saying that these laws where you have to say what you're doing with the money that you've raised from the public's trust, these are triggering, right? (laughs) You know, so when she says it's a trip to hear the term 990, this was at an event on Friday where she just went on and on. And I've got the audio, so we're going to play a little bit more about it. but. She, she basically says that this is unsafe. It's be, the IRS is being weaponized against her and the people that they work with. And I'm thinking, hold on a second. The federal government does and has weaponized itself against nonprofits and others in the media. I mean, we saw it. Uh, if you read Mark Levin's book, you, you read the history about how FDR did this pretty regularly. Even JFK. But. But even during the week, we saw this happening with James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, and we'll get into that in a second. So we've seen many examples of how Democrats have weaponized the federal government, the Department of Justice, the IRS to go after people. But yet she says this is what they're doing to her at BLM. Notice how $60 million is missing and nobody's gone to jail. Listen to why she thinks it's unsafe.
3: Yes, there has been so much um, clarity for me, a questioning for me. I don't know if I have clarity or answers yet, but I'm like, wow, it, this doesn't seem like, this, isn't, this doesn't seem safe for us, this 990 structure, this nonprofit system structure. This is like deeply unsafe. Like, this is being literally weaponized against us, against the people we work with. I can't tell you how many people are like, am I next? like is are they going to do this to me is, as so there's not a lot of um that's like uh, when you you know this you run an organization like people's morale in an organization is so important yes but if their organization and the people in it are being attacked at with at, and scrutinized everything they do that leads to to deep burnout that leads to deep like resistance and 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 trauma and so i think that other piece for me around
1: <laughs> Deep resistance and trauma. But wait, there's more. It gets better. Listen to this.
3: You know, what I think it's is important for people to understand
1: is... And it's connected to to this question, but there is a... Do you get the sense that she, as she's speaking, that she really doesn't give a damn about you or the money you gave to the organization? She's only concerned about herself and how she can obfuscate the rules, how she can get away and skirt the system. This stuff to me is amazing, how brazen she is, as if she's making it up as she goes along.
3: There is a misinformation and disinformation um, uh, effort to not just... Um, challenge Black Lives Matter and the organization, but it's an experiment. If they win, then it's the next black-led organization. Yes, it is. And then it's the next black-led organization, and it's the next black.
1: Almost as if you're supposed to be able to raise money under the name of X, Y, and Z, spend it on multi-million dollar mansions wherever you feel like it, And if somebody dares ask a question like, hey, where's the money? What'd you spend it on? Who's in charge of this organization? And everybody's pointing this way and that way forward and backwards. Nobody seems to have an answer. Somehow that's an attack on her being black. That's an attack on black organizations, people requesting uh, accountability. I don't think anybody, black people included, believe what she has to say. But let's wrap this up.
3: Person who's leading that. And so it's so important that we pay attention to what's happening And we don't allow for they and they have this so they know what they're doing, like how to
1: create the infighting, how to create the distrust. We have to stop it. Who created the infighting? Who started the riots in the streets in, in the spring of 2020? Who did all that? It wasn't me. I don't think it was you. I know it was her. They're trained Marxists. This is what they do. They specialize in divide and conquer. So it's really rich to sit here and listen to her say these things. We can't we have to stop it before they do it. (laughs) We have to shut it
3: down. We have to be showing up against it. And so that has been really important to me, too, like taking the time to kind of stand back and watch it happening and being like, oh, this is how this works. Like. We, we are literally the experiment right now.
1: Okay. The only thing she experimented with was how gullible the American people were because of their kind hearts and their generosity. And they opened up their wallets to help her out. And now she's claiming that the, the Department of Justice or whoever it is, the IRS, is weaponizing a 990 form, uh, transparency rules for charities. And it's absolutely crazy. But what isn't crazy uh, in, is – really, in my opinion, sinister, it's not just uh, an oddity of events, is the way that they've targeted Project Veritas. Listen to this.
0: A week after Microsoft's brave support of the First Amendment, Apple and Google have come forward to disclose that between November 24th, 2020 and March 15th, 2021, the Department of Justice issued nine secret subpoenas and warrants to them.
1: In fact, just last month we learned that the Biden Justice Department targeted Project Veritas, having its email seized on Microsoft servers. And to make matters worse, the government can send gag orders with these subpoenas that prevent service providers from telling the targets that their information has been given over to the government. The DOJ used secrecy orders against Project Veritas. The DOJ then went behind the judge's back to obtain an extension on two sealed non disclosure orders. Now, this is getting very crazy. That, to me, is crazy. Not what Colors is saying, that she didn't file a 990, she doesn't know where the money is, uh, but actually O'Keefe, who does things the right way, and I know I worked for Project Veritas, I worked with him for uh, 2014, 2015, excellent work. It's an excellent organization, and they work really hard, and they do really, really, a great job in putting out the truth, in putting out what's going on behind the scenes that so many times we don't see. And that's why they're under attack. That's why the Department of Justice is using these subpoenas to go after their own journalists, to go after their personal cell phones, their emails through Google and whatever. And I read this article on Miami Standard News. haven't seen this website before, but the article was well done. And it talks about how just a few weeks after the Microsoft uh, revelation that Joe Biden's officials at the DOJ were spying on his reporters. And this comes after the raid on his house. But they've done more. They've gone to Apple. They've gone to Google. They've received, excuse me, received nine secret subpoenas and warrants from the DOJ between November 2020 and March 1st. So these secret subpoenas and warrants, they required tech companies to hand over information about Project Veritas and its security detail. How about that? So even his security firm, they wanted to know when he'd have security, that type of thing, just looking at their emails. The, the DOJ also compelled Apple and Google not to disclose that they were secretly providing this private information to the government. So a gag order as well. And some of the things that they were looking for on their devices and whatnot, names, addresses, primary phone numbers, social security numbers, record sessions, browser operating system information, all sorts of stuff. And I'll tweet out the article that has all the information in it. Lots of stuff that, I mean, you would think, man, don't you have any type of a right to privacy? considering these are journalists and their sources are not going to feel comfortable sharing anything with them because obviously if they know, Hey, no, don't mess with these guys at project Veritas because they get spied on by the government. So if you don't want to get caught out there with the government or expect some sort of retaliation from the government, then you better stay away from O'Keefe. Now I think that miss colors from black lives matter was making the same exact argument. The difference was she was talking about filing her taxes You know, the tax forms that are required to run a nonprofit, that's tax exempt. That's very different than doing what you're supposed to do. She didn't do what she had to do. These guys are doing what they had to do. It's the government that's being corrupt in this situation. So we'll continue with this as it goes. But I mean, there's a couple of screenshots here of when they got notified. Here's a screenshot. It's an email that comes in on an iPhone. It says, note, this notice is being sent from a no-reply email account, blah, 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 Dear account holder customer, on 2021, uh, March 15th, Apple Inc. received a legal request from Federal Bureau of Investigation requesting information regarding your Apple account. This legal request only allowed a delayed notice to the affected customer. So, meaning they couldn't let him know at the time. It tells them who was requesting it, requesting agency, Federal Bureau of Investigation, New York, New York, blah, 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 and, you know, other jargon. But it lets them know this is what's going on. This is really messed up. I mean, I guess if you're listening to this show and you're not a... Uh, a fan of of liberty, you're not a fan of free speech, then you're thinking, ah, good, hate O'Keefe, can't stand him, shut him up, do what you can, break all the rules you can. But this is exactly how we've gotten into this problem. That is fascism, and that's not what I stand for. I don't think that's what you stand for, and it's definitely not what America should stand for because that's not what we were founded on. But there are some politicians that like to break the rules, not the least of which were New York lieutenant governor who was arrested on Monday for bribery, for saying, hey, I'll get you these state contracts, If you go ahead and give me tens of thousands of dollars in my campaign account, that's not what Veritas is doing. But it sounds somewhat similar, like getting thousands and thousands and millions of dollars. That's what BLM was doing and then buying mansions with it. And this isn't isolated to New York. Look at this uh, from the 13th of April, Fox 29. Jury deliberates in corruption trial of Philly councilman Kenyatta Johnson, his wife and two others. And you probably heard this news, but just to recap on it. The jury was in deliberation until 4.30 on Wednesday afternoon, saying they'll come back in the morning. Councilman Johnson, his wife, Dawn Chauvis, two former executives with a uh, city nonprofit, all charged with two counts of honest services wire fraud. The government alleges that the former executives bribed Johnson with nearly $67,000 in payments to his wife's consulting firm. There you go. Same thing Brian Benjamin did, just a little bit different. Different. Quid pro quo. Matter of fact, that's exactly what the U.S. attorney for the um, Southern District of New York said when he announced the charges against Lieutenant Governor of New York, Brian Benjamin. Listen to this. Good afternoon.
3: My name is Damian Williams, and I'm the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. Today, we announced that Brian Benjamin, the lieutenant governor of the state of New York, has been indicted for bribery and related offenses. Mr. Benjamin surrendered to law enforcement this morning and will be presented this afternoon before Magistrate Judge Wayne. This is a simple story of corruption. We allege that Benjamin struck a corrupt bargain with a real estate developer referred to in the indictment as CC1. Benjamin allegedly directed a $50,000 state grant to a nonprofit organization controlled by CC1. In an exchange, Benjamin received tens of thousands of dollars of campaign
1: contributions from C.C. One. So there you go. Quid pro quo. One hand washing the other. Politics as usual. The problem is politics has become so corrupt, people are used to stealing. They sign up because they're like, oh, it's like legalized stealing. So let me sign up. It's not an honest man's game. And when they get caught out there, they're like, oh, you know what? That's messed up. That's racist. That's messed up. You did it because I'm a Democrat. The problem is two of these guys right here, both of these guys are, are Democrats. But this happened in New York, a white guy, a Republican, Mangano. And he got sentenced too. he got 12 years, former Nassau County executive Ed Mangano for accepting how much hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes from a Queens restaurant tour. His wife, Linda, who uh, was convicted of helping to cover up the corrupt arrangement, was sentenced to 15 months imprisonment. Webs of corruption and bribery and scamming. This isn't just the guy who gets the sanitation contract or the guy who's getting the contract to pave the roads at the state level. It starts there and it ends nowhere. It goes on forever and ever and ever. That's the problem. This is why we need to drain the swamp and really focus on, on being right and doing right. Anyway, I don't want to get on my soapbox and start preaching. I went on long enough here, but I want to get into this stuff with wokeism and the doctor that says that the transgender agenda has gone too far. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. More to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America.
2: The 45th president Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez.
1: Oh, very good. Mr. Cole Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor
2: is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now here's Rich Valdez.
1: All right. Welcome back, America. What's going on, everybody in Philly? Everybody that's listening on the radio, 1210 WPHT, everybody that is tuned in. uh, Otherwise, through the podcast or whatever, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're uh, following me on social media, thank you. If you're not following me on social media, what are you waiting for? At Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to get into a few things. First, a couple of headlines here, because there's really just a lot. I mean, I say that often, but it really is. (laughs) It's just so much. Uh, Wow. What a week! Not only is it, uh, you know, the culmination of Holy Week and all the other stuff we just talked about, but we've got Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas. He brings not one but two busloads now to uh, the footsteps of Joe Biden. I don't even know how he's pulling this off. Uh, I don't know what authority he has to, to to export people from the state, but whatever it is, it's trolling at its best, and he's getting it done. Uh, I don't know if we'll be getting back to that one uh, today, but. There's also the old clip. I saw this old clip of Obama. Obama says that he wished he could have a third term, you know, wearing sweatpants in the basement and just having a puppet president that he could uh, maybe put an earpiece on and work through. So that was kind of funny. If we have a little bit of time at the end, I'll play that. Uh, plus, you've got uh, Santa Monica, California. They are saying, you know what? We are no longer delivering mail. The USPS says, nope, we're not doing that. Not going to do it. And why? Because of crime. Crime is getting out of control. And uh, maybe we'll get to that one in a little bit. Plus, this is a big one, Elon Musk. So Elon Musk says, you know what? I'm thinking of uh, buying more stock in Twitter. He buys more stock in Twitter. Then he says, you know what? I'm going to make them an offer above market rate. He offers them $43 billion, knowing that he may not even make the money back. And they say, "Uh, we don't like this offer. And then uh, Vanguard Group jumps in and says, you know what? We're going to buy it. And now there are other firms that are saying that they're going to buy it. And Twitter just switched gears. And uh, maybe we'll get to that after this. But I want to talk about the woke culture and the transgenders and this doctor that is now saying, you know what, this is no bueno. This is in uh, Friday's New York Post, April 15th. Transgender doctor who helped teens transition says it's now gone too far. This psychologist who's helped hundreds of teens transition has warned that it's gone too far and fears that they're going to be making life-changing decisions because it's quote-unquote trendy and being pushed on social media. The doctor, Erica Anderson, 71 years old, who is transgender, told the LA Times that she's horrified that even a 13-year-old kid can now go and get hormone treatments without even meeting with psychologists. Saying, quote, I think it's gone too far, said Anderson, who until recently led the U.S. Professional Society at the forefront of transgender care. Yeah, this is all her fault, and that's what she thinks they're going to say. For a while, this is her again, uh, her, um, Dr. Dr. Anderson, a biological male. Quote, For a while, we were all happy that society was becoming more accepting and more families than ever were embracing children that were gender-variant. Now... It's got to the point where there are kids presenting at clinics whose parents say this doesn't make sense. Anderson is so concerned, in fact, that she said she's considering ending her own pioneering work, helping teens to transition, saying, quote, I have these private thoughts. This has gone too far. It's going to get worse. I don't want any part of it, she said. I worry that people will accuse me of setting the train in motion as part of those who advocated for this affirmative approach to gender in youth, even though that's not a reasonable account of what happened, she said. She believes that the dramatic rise in teens seeking treatment is likely driven by peer pressure as much as wider acceptance of trans issues, saying, quote, a fair number of kids are getting into this because it's trendy. And that she told The Washington Post. And she thinks that in our haste to be supportive, we're missing that element. She went on. To flatly say there couldn't be any social influence in formation of gender identity flies in the face of reality. Teenagers influence each other, end quote. That appears to have been exacerbated by the pandemic with children becoming more isolated and also learning more on networks such as social media. How about learning about it in classrooms like they're doing in New Jersey and they're trying to do in so many other places? So now can we blame this woman singularly? Of course not. I'm glad that she's repentant and realizing that this is such a big mistake. She also went on to say, What happens when the perfect storm of social isolation and exponentially increased consumption of social media, the popularity of alternatives, and it intensifies, and it starts to affect the actual development of individual kids? Hello, lady. I'm glad you're finally waking up. Welcome to the party, because that's where we are. That's clearly where we are. She's saying that we're sailing in uncharted seas. It's a warning. She also shared her birth name is Eric and her story of how an endocrinologist refused to prescribe hormones and left her feeling deeply ashamed when she sought them at the age of 45. She finally got them at the age of 58 and had genital surgery at 61, thrilled to finally, quote unquote, become a woman. But while thrilled that the world is now accepting, she fears it's swung to an extreme, noting a 13-year-old patient whose pediatrician put him on testosterone, even though, I guess it's a she, had not even met with a psychologist and wanted to become a he. And she's saying, why is this kid on testosterone so precipitously? Now, I'm just gonna pause the article for a second and say, this has been my argument. If you have a boy and your boy is uh, saying, I feel like I'm trapped in a girl's body. I say, first, we get the shrink. We, you know, figure it out, see what's going on. Why do they feel this way? But then go on. And if you do need medical intervention, how about getting him some extra testosterone so he can feel more like a boy instead of saying, you know what? Let's make you into a girl and vice versa. Why is it that we go to the extreme to make you feel like something you aren't instead of helping you to feel right in the way you are? Now, of course, some medical doctor is gonna come and explain that, while I've never been to medical school, that I'm somehow wrong, that if a boy doesn't feel like a boy, he needs more testosterone. And if a girl doesn't feel like a girl, maybe she needs more estrogen. Because clearly they want to prescribe it the other way. She insisted, Dr. Um, I'm going to say Dr. Feelgood because I'm forgetting her name. <laughs> she insisted that those allowing medical treatments for kids without rigorous psychological evaluation risk committing malpractice. Wow. That's uh, that's something I would, I would uh, agree with. So despite her pioneering work, Anderson feels that she's at odds with a trend to make it easier for every single person to transition. Of course, there are critics. One of her critics on on this issue is Dr. A.J. Eckert. He's a medical doctor at the Gender and Life-Affirming Medical Program. And he says, oh, heck no. Quote, being trans or gender diverse is not a mental illness. Eckert, who is a non-binary person and uses they them pronouns, told the newspaper, forcing transgender and gender diverse youth through extensive assessments while their cis peers are affirmed in their identity without any question conveys to them that they are not normal. Wow, how novel. Maybe we should say it's not normal to be born in this body and feel like another. And this is where the fundamental disconnect is. You know, I'm not killing a baby. I'm killing a blob, right? Or I'm, it's just a blob. It's my body, my choice. This is where they, they depart from reality with these arguments, whether it's abortion or now this. So now the question becomes, you have to raise your kid gender neutral from birth. What are you having? Oh, we're having a baby. <laughs> what kind of baby? The one that has eyes and, and ears. And when it's 20 years old or 10 or 6 will allow it to decide what it feels like. And if it feels like a seal or a horse, then so be it. You know, funny story. My little girl, she always wanted to be a doctor. And now she's changing it. She's exploring some other career options. And she's a junior in high school. But when she graduated and was one of the younger kids in her pre-K class, so she was four years old, she wrote as part of her, you know, when I grow up, I want to be. She finished that. It was part of her graduation program. She wrote, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor and a watermelon. That's what happens when you're four. (laughs) And it was a very cute thing, and I I loved it. But I think to myself, am I supposed to now take her seriously? And she identifies as a watermelon. Can you help her? Is there a hormone to make her turn green? I mean, this is absolute insanity. The fact that we entertain these stupid things. Now somebody's going to beat me up and say it's a stupid thing. I'm talking about the watermelon. Something as serious as this. We've got to take it a little bit more seriously. And we've got to say, look, Obviously, if you're born this way, it doesn't mean you have to stay that way. If you want to have some surgery, go right ahead. You just can't do it at four. You can't do it at five. You can't do it at six. And school teachers shouldn't be helping you in the process. Whether it's these secret classroom closets that they have where you can go to school as a boy, then transition to a girl while you're in school and then change back again so your parents don't know, or have guidance counselors or anybody else in the school system helping your children to do this stuff and to deceive you and themselves behind their back. That's Utter insanity, in my opinion. But of course, you're going to have teachers that disagree. Teachers that become teachers because they want to indoctrinate your kids. Teachers that are transgender themselves and saying, you know what? This is how I'm going to affect the next generation. So they don't have to feel the stigma I felt. I mean, just imagine what's next. We're going to normalize rape. And this is a real thing. I once had a professor in college. He's actually why I left NYU, because this guy was a whack job who was doing a paper for his uh, dissertation to get his Ph.D. from Fordham. And he was a professor at NYU. His thesis was about how rape wasn't really bad, that some people are predisposed to taking a mate, kind of like um, animals do. And I just thought this was beyond the pale. This was in 2001 when he explained it to me, and he wasn't advocating it. He was just researching it, saying, you know, it's just interesting. We should look at it. We should explore this topic. And I thought, we should, in 2001, we should explore the topic that some people feel like they should just take a mate. Wow. This is what happens on the left, but you've got some teachers that have very interesting opinions, not the least of which is the one I'm looking at on Instagram that has green hair. Listen to this one.
3: Hey, I'm a queer teacher and I 1000% do not support this bill. And yes, I do know what's in it. The bill in itself is just another way to stigmatize the LGBTQ plus community. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. So very aware of who they like and who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media through books. The first Disney movie that you saw. To say that pre-K through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia.
1: Boom. That's their message. So they're saying, listen, if you have storybooks that have a mom and a dad and Disney stories that have a Prince Charming and a princess, then this is the indoctrination of cisgender straightness on these kids. And how dare you? And this is all the result of them changing the gender dysmorphia situation from being a mental illness to what it is today, a choice in their opinion. And of course, she's talking about the transgender bill. Uh, I mean, the, um, Parental rights and education bill that Governor DeSantis put in Florida. But speaking of bills, the Pennsylvania legislature has a bill of their own to protect women's sports. The Pennsylvania House passes a measure banning biological males from women's sports. This is in town hall, and they voted Tuesday to pass legislation to designate sports teams in schools by biological sex and not allow biological male transgender athletes to participate in women's sports. Now, I think that didn't go far enough. Not that it's a problem, but they should do it vice versa as well. If you have biological women that want to compete with men, same thing. I think they should also not be participating. Fair is fair. Fox News reported that the state house voted 115 to 84 to pass the measure, House Bill 972. The bill now goes to the state Senate. If passed, the bill will go to Governor Tom Wolf's desk Likely for a veto because I can't see him supporting something like that. Fox noted that Wolf has pledged to veto the bill. (laughs) There you go. Because uh, he doesn't like it in consideration of a similar bill, Senate Bill 1191. And straight ahead, I want to put a pin in this transgender stuff and the wokeness and how it continues to affect our culture, how schools are just continually to to pervert things, not the least of which is uh, the traditional family and everything else that you could think of. And before we wrap everything up, I want to get you some information about the interrelation uh, between what's going on with China and Mexico, or better said, between the Communist Chinese Party and the cartels. It's a little bit more than drugs. And I think oftentimes we blame the deep state for what really is the responsibility of China and the cartels. More to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, this is America.
3: This is
2: America. This is America.
0: Para Inglés, o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. E. And- Esto es América, ahora.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media. And I just want to put a pin in this stuff and uh, introduce a topic that I'll continue to talk about in the next episode, and the next episode, and the next episode. And again, I want to thank everybody for joining me Saturdays at noon and Sundays at six. Of course, if you're getting us on the podcast, make sure you click that little bell or click the little check mark to subscribe to the podcast because this way you'll never miss a show and you'll get notifications whenever that works. Sometimes that stuff doesn't work. But anyway, I want want to talk about this uh, China cartel connection because it's my opinion that the United States is being attacked and we're being attacked by a lot of our enemies. China has a certain way of doing their attack. They realize that, you know, what we don't need to go to war to destroy your people. Right. And that's why in the last episode, and if you didn't hear it, make sure you check it out. We talked about how they're sending fake Adderall pills to New Hampshire. So that college students will actually be taking methamphetamine to get them hooked on drugs. They want Americans hooked on drugs. The Chinese are infiltrating this country with drugs. The Mexicans are helping them do it because they're the criminals that run the border. And this is their arrangement. Now, the article I wanted to get into, it's really long, so I'm not going to be able to get into it in full. I want to stress a point that we put so much emphasis on blaming the New World Order and blaming George Soros. And I'm not giving them uh, any reprieve. They're all guilty, but there are legitimate bad actors right in our backyard. You know, we blame Biden for the open border and Soros for his ideas about it, but it's actually happening. There are people somewhere in federal law enforcement allowing this to happen. This is not just a bunch of guys that are just doing their job. Somebody somewhere is looking the other way, whether because they're on the take and they're getting a few bucks or because. They've decided, I don't want my family to be killed and skinned alive and mailed to me in a million different pieces, so I'm going to do what I'm told by these bad guys. And these people have infiltrated. The Marxist knows how to infiltrate. The cartel knows how to infiltrate. This is how they're fighting. And everybody always says, we have to fight like they do. But just imagine, what does it look like to do that? It would require a president who's who's strong and fortuitous it would require uh you and me and the rest of the citizenry to say you know what we're not just going to sit here and and protest these things we're going to take action i'm going to make sure that you don't teach these kids by making sure that you know i stop what i'm doing and become a teacher i'm going to become the media or i'm going to become the government we have to replace these people with the citizenry with you and me with with john q public That's the only way we stop the growth of the wokeness movement. We slow down what's happening in Disney because this is like a forest fire. And we're not going to throw it out by, you know, uh, one extinguisher or throwing a cup of water at it. Obviously not. This is going to be an all-hands-on-deck approach. And by all-hands-on-deck, I mean you. Hamilton said, If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And Sir Edmund Burke said the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So now is the time that we have to figure it out. It's going to require some serious sacrifice. I can tell you, as much as I love the sound of my own voice, I love talking on the radio. I love being with you guys. But this came with considerable concessions financially. It's easier to make money in other places than doing this. Plus, you get a lot less hate but I feel like it's somehow helpful and I'm able to do something I enjoy. And that's what I encourage you to do. Figure out a way where you like to fight. Like Reagan said, become a happy warrior. And this way you're constantly doing battle. You're helping your country. You're helping your family. You're helping move America into the next century, the next generation, and we're doing it with a smile on our face. But we may have to get our hands dirty from time to time. Anyway, that's all I got for today. Keep your eyes on the cartels and China. Hasta la proxima. Until the next one, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America.